listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome to an action-packed episode number 157 we're going to recap an exciting weekend of action as we bring back Pat Ackerman of the lovely Intoxicated Men, and he's going to talk Rocket Pro Wrestling's Cupid's Carnage. Plus, I'm going to run down Power Entertainment's highlights, and we're going to reflect on the life of the genius Lanny Poffo with exclusive special audio from my interview with Lanny at the 2018 StarCast convention. Plus, we welcome for the first time a longtime veteran of the national wrestling scene, over 20 years in fact. He recently joined Impact Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the man known as Dirty Dango. And we're going to talk about what's going on with him in Impact Wrestling, as well as Impact's triple play of shows coming later this year to Cicero Stadium just outside Chicago. And you're going to catch all of that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle, but what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708 708- Two four eight seven zero three nine. My name is Storm Grayson, and I'm your freelance underground independent champion. And you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast. Back here on Windy City Slam podcast, and what a week in professional wrestling! Not only in the Chicagoland area, but all around the country as well. And with a heavy heart, I open up this week's show. Rest in peace. To Leaping Lanny Apafo, a.k.a. The Genius, a Downers Grove native, lived a long time down in Florida, and in recent years he was living down in Ecuador. He passes away at the age of 68 last week. I believe he was in New York City attending some Broadway shows and getting ready for some signings that were supposed to have occurred last weekend. I always love Lanny as a character. Back to his early 80s days as Leaping Lanny Poffo in WWF with the poetry and the frisbees, flipping them off to the audience. And then later on, he became the genius where he's this wrestler manager. He was aligned with Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. In fact, he and Kurt Hennig, I'm pretty sure, were responsible for creating the WWE Hardcore Championship when they stole Hulk Hogan's championship belt, the old winged eagle took a hammer to it backstage and broke it into pieces. I'm pretty sure that's the same title Mankind came out with years later with all the the scotch tape and all that on there. Crazy stuff. And 
Lanny was a guy I always enjoyed. His babyface character, his heel character. He once managed the Beverly Brothers as well. And I had no idea his health took a turn. And it was shocking to hear that he had passed because I follow his Facebook page and he was posting all these photos from his time in New York City outside Wicked on Broadway. So I was like, whoa, Leaping Lanny. Oh my gosh, so shocking. Rest in peace to the brother of the macho man, Randy Savage, the youngest son of Angelo Poffo, great wrestling family. And I got to see Lanny wrestle in person, actually, at Windy City Wrestling's Battle of the Belts 2 back in, I believe, in 1992. He wrestled Ken Patera, and he had his father, who was known as the graduate, Angelo Poffo. So they're both all in their regalia, their caps and gowns, and it was a really cool show. And I think it was the only time I got to see Lanny in person wrestle other than my interview with him at StarCast on All In Weekend. As a matter of fact, that interview is coming up right now, courtesy of WindyCitySlam.com. My interview with Leaping Lanny Poffo from StarCast 2018. So growing up in the Chicago area, Downers Grove, what was that like? Well, I'll tell you what. Everybody says, are you from Chicago? And they said, well, was it dangerous? I said, in Downers Grove, there's lawnmowers and bunny rabbits. We don't have all that stuff that made the news. Lawnmowers and bunny rabbits. And we loved our cubbies, and I even loved the socks. You're supposed to pick one. I said, who's going to stop me? (laughs) So what was it like growing up with Randy and his personality? Well, you should ask him what was it like growing up with my personality. He was the alpha male, I was the beta, but now that he's gone, I've become alpha because there's nobody to compare me to. So, um, when you come back to Chicago, do you uh, ever go visit the child at home or anything, or drive by the old neighborhood? I certainly do, and as a matter of fact, when my father was inducted into the Italian-American Sports Hall of Fame in 2002, uh, I... I walked up to 3909 Venner Road, I knocked on the door, and guess what? Uh, they let us in, and uh, we took pictures together, and it made the news. Awesome. Yeah, it was a good, you know, it was our home, and uh, there's a little bit of violin music when it comes. So when did you start wrestling? Was it the 70s? 1973. I was 18 years old. And then you you and Randy worked, obviously, in Memphis, and... Area, yes, right? that's right. And then uh, you both went to WWE in the 80s. So 85. 85, yep. Mm-hmm. And now uh, you always talk to me a lot of interviews, uh, how much Hulk Hogan helped, you know, put you over with that feud that you had with him and you being with Mr. Perfect. Could you talk a little bit about that? <laughs> it was the greatest moments in my career. Uh, 21 years as a journeyman, four months on main events all over the WWE. I made 23 appearances in Madison Square Garden. Twice I was highlighted in the main event of the evening. I'll tell you what, not as many as Bruno San Martino, but I'm happy. So do you stay in touch with anybody from the old days from WWE? Uh, I'll back Jack, Ricky, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, some of the people that are here today, um, and uh, Rick Martel, Tito Santana. These are fantastic people. I don't want them to leave. So uh, your, um, your gimmick as the genius, I mean, was that your favorite gimmick or did you like the Leaping Lanny gimmick better where you did the poems in the first place? I like the Leaping Lanny gimmick if I could work with Terry Funk every single day or Bob Orton Jr. every single day. 
But since I couldn't, I prefer to be the genius working with Hulk Hogan every single day for four months. So uh, what's the environment in Chicago like now that you're back at this event here at StarCast? What's the environment? I just got out of O'Hara and I Ubered myself over here. I haven't had a chance to do too much, but uh, I still have a nostalgic feeling about the Chicago area. A lot of excitement going around with this all-in event uh, this weekend and obviously a bunch of old-timers here. And uh, people like that. You know what? I just saw the great George Napolitano. He's the guy that gave me my first exposure. A, re a wrestling, remember? That's right. Yes. Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, right. And uh, you know what? He was so nice to me, and uh, that's why I'm going to snub him now. <laughs> so, um... Why did it take so long? Hi, how are you? Very well. How are you doing? Uh, that was, uh, he didn't want to go in unless it was the macho, uh, the, the Papo family. Uh, he got the idea when the Von Erichs were inducted into the Hall of Fame. And he told me um, for the whole year before he died, uh, don't go, I can't go in the Hall of Fame unless it's the Papo family. So John Laurinaitis called me up and I told him that. But uh, they didn't get back with me. And a couple of years passed, and I realized I was now the older brother. So George, um, it's a uh, Mark Carano called me up, and he wanted me to do come to New uh, New Orleans to do interviews for the WWE Network. So I said, by the way, I've changed my mind. I want Macho Man to go in the Hall of Fame by himself. Oh my God! Oh my God! I'll call you right back. So he calls me right back, and he says, okay, they only have one posthumous inductee of the Hall of Fame once a year of a person who's no longer living. And this year it's going to be, um, it's, I'm sorry, it's going to be the uh, Undertaker. No, the, um, um, oh my God, I'm sorry, who's the Undertaker's manager? Paul Bearer, Paul Bearer. So it was going to be Paul Bearer. So he says, but you're going to do it in San Jose the next year, but don't tell anybody. So, because we like to, you know, keep it a secret. So I didn't tell anybody, but they leaked it, you know, but at least they got to leak it. Yeah, they are. Well, yeah, that's usually what they do with a lot of the Hall of Fame yeah. announcements now. And uh, do you watch any of the current product now? Well, actually, no, I don't, but I've been watching um, Ring of Honor because I've been involved in it, you know what I mean? So if I'm involved, I'll watch. If not, I watch baseball. So when you say involved, are you actually going to be help, helping them out in some capacity? I'm hoping, you know what I mean? And I just, we'll see. Because, uh, like, I'm I'm going to be 64 years old and uh, the phone doesn't ring as often as it does, as it used to. I still do independent bookings, just doing poetry, speeches, appearances and things. But um, what's going on with uh, Ring of Honor is very, very exciting. In fact, the Genius Cast is debuting Monday. Uh, my podcast. Nice. Yes. That's a good hey there, brother. Nice to see you. And uh, do you think that would be an, an agent type of job? A job maybe where you're just kind of an advisor? I mean, do you I have, have no idea, advice? but uh, I'm at the age where uh, whatever they need, as long as it isn't physical, I'm in. And you get some cash out of it. Well, <laughs> the thing is, uh, if you concentrate on giving, the taking will take care of itself. It's, uh, I'm a proponent of Dr. Wayne Dyer, okay. and he says, don't say what's in it for me, say how may I serve. Okay.
Are you ready? And this guy, here, Jason Nicola, day, uh, with the whole Muscle Man impersonations and stuff guess. like that. What's your opinion of all that? I think it's fantastic. And hello. What? Is it my turn? <laughs> <laughs> Did he knock it on your door? <laughs> yeah. By popular demand, I'm next. <laughs> Katie Vick. Who's that? Katie Vick. You don't know, and it's probably the best thing you don't know about. Really? Did she wrong you? She probably wrong good that she don't. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. That's a dead cheerleader from the WWE. Oh, okay. Horrible. Silly story. Mm -hmm. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what, what's it like working with Jay? With the shirt, you got the shirt now, and obviously you guys get along great. Well, before I met Jay, I was shirtless, and he felt sorry for me. <laughs> you know, and he says, Lanny, those boobs are dragging on the floor. You got to cover them up. So I said... You know, and he, he goes to pro wrestling tease. I thought it meant T-E-A-S-E, -E, tease. <laughs> I thought they were teasing me uh, that I was relevant, yeah. you know. But, uh, no, everything's, everything's great. I'm a little ashamed of that bad perm, but um, what can you do, right? Yeah, that, was, that, that, was, that was the look. Yeah. All right, Lanny, thanks for your time. All right, Appreciate thank you. It. Obviously, there's a crowded exhibit hall at StarCast in 2018. Lanny was actually standing next to Jay Lethal. They were working together the next night on the All In show. And legendary George Napolitano came up to Lanny. And Lanny took a minute from her interview to say hi to him. All kinds of other folks kind of kept chiming in during the interview too. And it was kind of a fun atmosphere to talk to Lanny. And he actually let me pose with Randy Macho Man Savage's WWE Hall of Fame ring. And that was really cool. And I never got to meet Randy, so by extension, meeting and interviewing Lanny was just an awesome experience. And again, rest in peace to Leaping Lanny Poffo, a.k.a. The Genius. So some of the Royal Rumble fallout, we have Cody Rhodes officially declaring his challenge for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania for the WWE Universal Championship. But Roman has to survive the Elimination Chamber because he gets the face Sami Zayn for the WWE Universal Championship. So interesting to see. They're going to keep the titles together, apparently, and Sami's going to get the first crack, and then Cody will get the next crack. If Roman survives Sami, that's what you get at WrestleMania. And then Rhea Ripley posed her challenge for Charlotte Flair's SmackDown Women's Championship, and that'll be a main event of one of the nights of WrestleMania as well. This past weekend, we had NXT's Vengeance Day. And this was a hell of a show, start to finish. Shawn Michaels and the crew down in Florida making their way out to Charlotte for the big NXT Vengeance Day pay-per-view or premium live event. NXT North American Championship, Wes Lee retains by pinning Dijak after a flipping Pele kick following Tony D'Angelo and Stax pushing Lee out of the way of a diving Dijak outside the ring. So... Did the Angelo family still has a score to settle with Dijak? NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. The team of Fallon Henley and Kiana James end up beating Caden Carter and Katana Chance to win the NXT Women's Championship when Henley pins Carter while James holds onto Carter's legs without the referee or anybody else at ringside that matter detecting it. So the Strange Bedfellows team, and WWE seems to like to do this quite a bit, becomes the champions. Awesome two out of three falls match. Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams in his corner defeats Apollo Crews two falls to none in a clean sweep. 
First fall, we have Hayes making Cruz tap out with the crossface. And the second fall, and the decisive fall, Hayes pins Cruz after a top rope leg drop. And Dabakato, a.k.a. Commander Aziz, returned at late in that match. And then he attacks Apollo Cruz, his former colleague, after the match. So it'll be interesting to see what Dabakato does now that he's back in NXT. NXT Tag Team Championships. Gallus, the team of Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, defeat the New Day of Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, Pretty Deadly, and Chase U to win the NXT Tag Team Championships. Gallus hits a double-team finisher on Xavier Woods, and Mark Coffey gets the three count. NXT Women's Championship, the three-way match, Roxanne Perez retains, defeating the two remaining members of Toxic Attraction, JC Jane and Gigi Dolan, when Perez hits the super pop rocks on Jane and pins her after shoving Dolan through a table which was set up on the outside. And in your main event, the NXT Championship, the Steel Cage match, Braun Breaker retains the title, pinning Grayson Waller following his spear. And after the match, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams comes out while Breaker was celebrating, and that's perhaps foreshadowing. Breaker versus Hayes at Stand and Deliver on WrestleMania weekend. And I have a feeling Roxanne Perez will be defending her title as well. I'm holding out hope that Cora Jade will be that contender. Uh, but for whatever reason, I have a feeling it's going to be Zoe Stark. Man, uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on to local professional wrestling. And this past week, we had a lot of cool events. And let's get started right now. All right, let's talk a little bit about Rocket Pro Wrestling's Cupid's Carnage. And once again, joining Windy City Slam podcast, the lovely intoxicated men's very own Pat Ackerman. Pat, how you doing? I'm doing good. PX is back on Windy City Slam, so I couldn't be better. All right, let's run down this show. Why don't you get us started and go ahead with what was going on at the start? So at the start of the show, um, Connor Hopkins just came out and he said that he was going to go after Coyote business tonight, uh, going after Bucky Collins, who, if you remember, was the masked man who attacked Christian Rose um, during the main event of Resolution last month. But then he called out Gunnar Brave, since he is the number one contender for the RPW Outer Limits champions. Gunnar Brave came out and confidently listed every single Coyote that he's beaten. He's beaten Berna. He's beaten Christian Rose. He's beaten Damian DeShane. So now he was gonna, he's ready to add Connor Hopkins to that list. And he said he's going to make sure to take him down in May at Kicks on 66. And then after that promo, Bucky Collins came out for their match with uh, Connor Hopkins. And Connor Hopkins defeated Bucky Collins with a roll-up. Um, after that match, Bucky beat Connor down, uh, but the Coyotes chased him out. Bucky appeared to have injured Connor Hopkins' shoulder in the melee, so really a lot going on there. And again, you know, hopefully Connor Hopkins' shoulder makes a recovery before the next show. Hope so, too. He's a good wrestler. So after the Connor Hopkins-Bucky Collins match, we had the continuation of the no-coast fiasco we had brian crazer versus dc shaw and of course joey and davison sarai were at ringside mm -hmm. causing chaos 
and tried to make sure that Brian picked up the win. Now, when the ref was distracted at one point, Joey Blues had a pair of brass knuckles hit DC Shaw in the face, and he fell, and Brian Crazer took advantage of that by acting like he put him in a chokehold, and the ref stopped the match by TKO. And, you know, it's unfortunate that No Coast, we still are looking for Chet. We almost found him. He was in the dumpster outside St. Joe's Park. And we almost got him out of the garbage. We gave him an old style, his favorite. He was old style deprived. And we got run off by Brian Crazer, who was wielding a chair. We almost got him and we didn't. And you know who we blame for not getting Chad Gunderson out of the trash, out of the dumpster? No coast. No coast. (laughs) The next match, we had a four-way feature in Ruthless Rock and Rivera. Hot Rod Daddy Andy, the debuting Diesel Tracks, and Shaq Jordan. In this match, before the bell, Joey Roth and Roxy Hart came out introducing the Joey and Roxy titles. Where that goes, we have no idea. But I will say that Rock and Rivera was victorious over all four of those men. Um, Hot Rod Daddy Andy hit Diesel with a power glove punch. And Rivera stole the victory from Andy following this. So we had, we cheered on Hot Rod. Hot Rod has become a favorite. He is the first wrestler ever inducted into the lovely intoxicated men. So we were really happy to see him again. And we were very excited to see Diesel Tracks. You know, he drinks like us. What, <laughs> what, what's not to like, right? Absolutely. But after that match was the tag team title match featuring Johnny Nye and Damian Gray versus Brooks Berna and Damian DeShane. And in that match, the Idols defeated those damn Coyotes after Joey Roth distracted the ref, leading to Berna being hit with a low blow and a magic killer for an Idols win. So the Idols retain the tag team titles. Yeah, they keep keep on keeping on. Yep. They're always trying to find sneaky ways to, you know, get around the rules. And, you know, I think it's going to go and bite them at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, Mike, the next match was one that was very hotly contested and highly um, looked forward to, as this was announced by General Manager Damian Saint on the LIM's appearance on Steve Aaron's show, The Power Hour, which everybody should listen to. But we had Gunnar Brave defending his Outer Limits Championship against Eric Dillinger in a hardcore match. Now, this, I will say, was not a match meant for the fate of heart. Yeah. There was a lot of different tools and instruments used in this match. Uh, There was barbed wire. There were doors. There were kendo sticks. Oh, my. Yeah. And there was at one point a door frame wrapped in barbed wire. I don't want to be on the receiving end of that at any point. (laughs) So they are better men than me. Yeah. I did did appreciate Gunner's. Uh, tribute to Terry Funk wearing a Dillinger Sucks Egg shirt. So oh, nice. that was a, that was a crowd favorite. Uh, but in the end of the day, uh, Gunnar Brave actually did defeat Eric Dillinger by wrapping his arm with barbed wire and choking him out. Wow. And if I could interject one thing, I know Dillinger, I've never seen him in person, but I've heard a lot about him. And one of my uh, correspondents, High Five Tom, up in Wisconsin in the Milwaukee area, has seen him wrestle quite a bit. And he brings that deathmatch style, and it's absolutely crazy. And for Gunner to adapt to that and just be able to kind of 
go crazy himself, that's a pretty amazing accomplishment in my mind. I mean, it was absolutely brutal. Um, you know, I wasn't sure my 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 parents were in attendance. You know, I wasn't sure what they were going to think, but seeing uh, my ex in the corner, rooting Gunner on, um, you know, she got really, really into it. Started chants from what I understand. So she was really into her first RPW show. And she definitely says she's coming back next month. That's awesome. So following this, uh, Maximus Orion called out Rion skills for Rion Appreciation Day. Before this, he said he wanted to issue an open challenge at some point. He called out Blow Coast, um, Brian Crazer and Joey Blues of No Coast, uh, which Blow Coast, I have to say, I'm really mad at him for thinking of that first. That's something we should have thought of first. And you know who I blame for not thinking of that first? No Coast. I blame No Coast. <laughs> but in any case, Rion Skills came out to the ring, then went back through the curtain, then came out to the ring, then went back through the curtain, then came back out to the ring for Rion Appreciation Day. Uh, Rion addressed the crowd, letting him know how much it meant to him in RPW. He said that this version of him is very tired, but he still wanted to do the wave with the RPW faithful. After the wave, Rion and Maximus Orion hugged and celebrated with the crowd. But here's the shocking part of the show. Next thing you know, Rion kicked Maximus Orion right in the groin. Ooh. And Maximus was down. Rion was trying to choke him out with a camel clutch, and Orion tried to come back to him, but Rion came back with the brass knuckles and knocked, knocked him out right over again. Hey, they had to be separated by refs. It was complete mayhem, Mike. Mayhem, I say. Why, Rion? Why? Yeah. That's what we have no idea about. You know, it shocked LIM. Rion Skills is a fan favorite of LIM. Uh, Tony Gabagool is our resident Rion Skills super fan. So when Maximus got kicked in the groin, he had to be consoled for a little bit, I, I will say, just to put it lightly. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, we'll have to wait and see what reason he had to attack Maximus Orion. Though I do sense that it may have something to do with that inner county title. Yeah, yeah. Gold always gets in the way of everything. Mm hmm. So after that, uh, we had Aaron Stone, Max Holiday, and Brandon Blaze versus the Ryan Matthews and the Kings of Six and Skyler Reed and some faithful Devin August. Now, during this match, Jay Beck was out. He had to, you know, hold Ryan Matthews' head as his tradition. Right. And he managed to put Aaron Stone's foot on the rope and he broke up a pinfall attempt for the Undeniable. But at the end of the day, Aaron Stone, Max Holiday, and Brandon Blaze defeated them. After the match, Stone got attacked by D. Ryan Matthews and the rest of the Undeniable until Max Holiday and Brandon Blaze came to his rescue and ran off the Undeniable. Following this, we had the Amazing Turtle and Kevin Cade for the RPW Chicagoland Championship. Joey Roth and Roxy Hart were there to cause complete pandemonium again. Bit of a theme with those idols, you know? Yep. And after a hard-fought contest, Joey Roth punched the ref, causing the disqualification, and Kevin Cade retained by DQ. After the match, Turtle attempted to attack Joey Roth for costing him his championship opportunity, but was low-blowed by Cade. 
then Rock and Rivera, who was the Chicago Land Championship uh, at the last show, um, who was defeated, came out and hit uh, Kevin K with a super kick. Ooh. But it didn't end there because Roxy Hart and Shelly, my God. Oh, I saw a video on this. Yeah. Crazy fight. Biggest pop of the night, which all started when Roxy dumped some popcorn all over Shelly at commentary. Then Shelly charged at her, ran towards the ring. Roxy was in the ring, and a complete cat fight broke out. Yeah. Cat fight! Cat fight! <laughs> we needed Joey Styles, Styles for that, I, I will say. <laughs> and the fact that we didn't have Joey Styles, you know who I blame for that? No coast. No coast. Naturally. Yeah, no coast. But tackled her to the biggest pop of the night, and Roxy and Shelly had to be separated by Steve Aaron and Joey Roth. There was so much mayhem between the idols and the commentary team. So, um, and again, this was the biggest pop of the nights. It was crazy. Like we have not heard anything that loud in St. Joe's park. It was just insane. You can tell by the video. Somebody released it on social media. I saw Shelly going to town on Roxy. I'm like, man, they're going nuts for this. Oh my God. Yeah. It was just, it was crazy. Pandemonium, I say. Did I have I mention that word? I think yep. that's that's the that's the phrase we're gonna use for that match. Um after uh that we had the RPW championship match uh between Bucky Collins, Marche Rocket, the Chicago Bear Hug Steve Michaels, and Christian Rose. But Bucky Collins wound up cr- costing Christian Rose the match. During throughout the match, everybody was trying to get possession of Quinn Wittick's crowbar. They wanted to use it to try to get some sort of advantage. They tried to take, they took it away from Quinn at the beginning of the match, uh, but he just kept going around, you know, like those 99 bottles of beer on the wall. (laughs) But Christian Rose at one point got possession of it, but Bucky Collins came out and grabbed and stole the crowbar from Christian Rose. And Quinn was able to take advantage of the distraction with a rope assisted roll up and retained the RPW championship. Following this, general manager Damian Saint, an enemy of the LIM, if you will, came out and let Quinn Wittick know he was wrestling Joey Jet Avalon in the main in one of the main events of Shamrock Showdown, which is next good. month. That'll oh, be a good match on March 4th. You're not going to want to miss it. But also, he made a double main event, and it'll be Ruthless Rock and Rivera versus Jay Beck the Paycheck. That's interesting. The former general manager of RPW, someone who, you know, doesn't hasn't wrestled as far as I can recall, he's going to get in the ring with the wrestler. Yeah. And this is in revenge for Jay Beck getting involved in the Aaron Stone undeniable match. Okay. So we got two main events at the next show. And lastly, we had Shogun defeating Flash Harris with a super kick. After the match, the idols attacked Shogun. All of them came out. Damian Gray, Johnny Nye, Kevin Cade. They all came out. And at what was really, really surprising, Marche came out. And the idols thought that they were going to attack. He was going to attack Shogun. They handed him a chair. And Marche went to town on every single one of the idols and ran them off. That about Marche. So it looks like they're finally back on the same page. And the last person in the ring was Flash Harris. Marche and Shogun 
to got him knocked him out with a super kick into an M80. Nice. And at the end of the day, All Day and Shogun Chris Logan are finally reunited after months, years actually, of going back and forth with one another. And at the end of the show, they did shots of Jack Daniels to celebrate and hug. And, you know, as LIM, we will say, we'll drink to that. And you know what? In fact, we did drink to that. Great to see Marche and Shogun on the same page. I mean, they went through some hellacious moments the last couple of years in Rocket Pro. And I know Shogun was trying to talk some sense into him at some point a couple months ago. Back in November, I believe there was a a video vignette where Marche was sitting in the locker room and Shogun was trying to kind of get them going. And it's kind of cool to see them together now. And I think these are two legends that people, I think, love and respect, even though Marche got a lot of booze over the last year or so. But I think these two guys together would be unstoppable. So we're going to have to see where that goes into the next month, but mm-hmm. you know, it is good to see them back together. And speaking of next month, great main event match with Quinn Wittick and Joey Jet Avalon. I love Joey Jet Avalon. He's great. He's a big guy. He's mobile. He, he's very destructive in the ring. He can do a little bit of everything. And uh, he's the guy that ran CSW for nearly a year as their champion. So that's going to be all of a match with him and Quinn Wittick. That's going to be a terrific match. And I mean, the next show, double main event for Shamrock Showdown. You know, Jay Beck and Ruthless Rock and Rivera as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be in for a hell of a show come March 4th. And fingers crossed that Joey brings his girlfriend, Sierra, and she wrestles in a match too because she's terrific as well. She's the current CSW women's champion and a great all-around talent too and if she comes to rocket pro look out i mean there was definitely <laughs> i'm so sorry i kind of have a cold um i blame no coast for that um but um you know that was kind of the talk around our section after they announced the match so i mean who knows maybe she'll show up that would be cool mm-hmm. all right pat Ackerman of the lovely intoxicated men. Thank you once again for your Rocket Pro Wrestling Report. We'll talk to you down the line. Sounds good. And feel free to follow us on our Facebook page at the lovely intoxicated men, Rocket Pro Wrestling Superfans. All right. We also had POW Entertainment's Road to Slam Fest show this past Saturday night at the T-Wood Bar and Grill in Wooddale. This was a sold out event. And I'm going to pass along some highlights from this show And this was courtesy of some great footage on Germ T. Ripper's personal Facebook page where he did uh, several Facebook Lives. And here are some of the top results from the night. POW Tag Team Championships, the Bad Ombre Cartel with Sexy Sandra D in their corner, defeat the Irish Pub Army to regain the tag team titles when Xavier DeFaust pins Kevin O'Reilly after Sandra D distracted him. And then for the POW Midwest Championship, it's your boy, Mason Perks, defeats the champion Kazile, but it was a result of a disqualification after Kazile nails Perks with a fork. And after the match, Kazile and Tommy McCobb beat down Perks until special general manager for the night, Dazzling Donnie, made the save. And then in the aftermath, Kazile shoves down both referee Pee Wee Perella and Trevor Blanchard when they came in to calm down the situation. Now, if people don't know, Trevor Blanchard, the legendary Chicagoland wrestler, is the father of Kazile, and Blanchard challenges Kazile for a match, 
at Slamfest, and that will take place on March the 4th back in Fox Lake. And then we had Acid Jazz pinning Mateo Valentine. Even though Mateo Valentine looked like he was in control, he hit Eat Defeat, he hit the Swinging Fisherman Neckbreaker, but Mateo was distracted by the mysterious promo video aired at the venue. Now, this was a mysterious man talking like in a graveyard or some dark place or whatever. And they actually showed some footage of this on Poundertainment's Facebook page leading up to the show. So this mysterious person, whoever it is, obviously targeting Mateo Valentine. And then Jazz rolls up the distracted Mateo Valentine and gets the three count. And also we had Scott Spade, the former POW Entertainment champion, with Tiny and Mistress Misery in his corner. He pins Chuck's Deluxe after an ace cutter slash RKO type maneuver. All right, we have a ton of great wrestling action coming up this weekend, and two of the shows are already sold out. That's right, Friday night, February the 10th, Freelance Wrestling, the sold-out Logan Square Auditorium. The show's called Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, 8 o'clock bell time, and if you can't get a last-minute ticket, there may be a few that go on sale the day of the show but you have to watch out for Freelance's social media pages to see if anything does become available after setup. Otherwise, you can catch it on IWTV.live. We have Storm Grayson in a gauntlet for a chance at the Freelance World Championship. He has to first defeat in order Darren Corbin and then GPA just to get a match with Robert Ego Anthony for the championship. And of course, Ego will have Frank the Clown in the corner. And then we have the Freelance Tag Team Championships, and the Bang Bros get another stiff test as they face the rascals of Trey Miguel and Zachary Wentz. Davey Bang and August Matthews have been putting on some serious bangers at Freelance lately, and this should be no different. And then in a featured women's match, we have Kylie Ray against Sandra Moon. And in the Battle of the Monroes, it's Heather Monroe against Devon Monroe. Craig Mitchell, last week's Windy City Slam podcast guest, takes on Beyond Alpha, Ezio Orlandi. A scramble match features Cole Radrick, Acid Jazz, Chico Suave, Sorter Incredible Iverson, Coda Hernandez, and Sam Beal. And then we're going to turn the page to Saturday, February the 11th, Dream Wave Wrestling, another sold-out show. The show is called In With The Out Crowd at the Knights of Columbus in LaSalle, Tickets may become available again closer to the show once setup is done at the KFC. But if you can't make it out there, you can check this out at IWTV.live. And at the venue, special guests include Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Raven, Shane Douglas, and Little Guido. Dreamwave Championship Vic Capri along with Shelly the Bombshell at his side and Capri will defend against old evil Christian Rose. The Dreamwave Alternative Championship features the champion Gringo Loco in a four-way lucha match against El Hijo del Vikingo, Black Torus, and Rey Orus. And then we have Hammerstone taking on Lince Dorado, Hartenbauer versus Manders, Eric Cannon against Dan the Dead, and this show just keeps on delivering because you have Mike Bennett against former NWA champion Nick Aldis. And in tag team action, we have the Dope Kings of Brew Baker and CJ Esparza facing the four-star heroes of Matt Nix and Chris Castro. 
and a six-man tag will feature Hunter Holcraft, 12-Gage, and a mystery partner against the remaining members of those damn Coyotes, Damian DeShane, Brooks Berna, and Connor Hopkins. And then Jay Fowler will face the winner of a pre-show four-man scramble between Iniestra, Axel Rico, Bucky Collins, and Aaron Xavier. Also this coming Saturday night, February the 11th, this is where I'm going to be at Freelance Underground's Back for More at Cantini VFW in Joliet, 6 o'clock bell time, and there should be tickets still available. If you can't make it out, it will be on IWTV.live, but I implore you to come out and see this show because the main event, and this could be the match of the entire weekend in the Chicagoland area, for the Freelance Underground Independent Championship, Storm Grayson defends against the bounty hunter, Brian Keith. Now, this is going to be amazing. And these two had a great match about a year, year and a half ago or so for the new Texas Pro title where Brian Keith actually beat Storm Grayson. This is going to be a hell of a match. And you won't regret it if you actually attend this one in person. And then we have the check for the championship scramble match. The winner gets a check where they can cash in at a future championship opportunity. And we have Davey Bang, Chico Suave, Acid Jazz, El Torero, Craig Mitchell, and Sean Galway. And for the Freelance Underground Tag Team Championships, Pick and Pop, One Man Dynasty, Darius Luttrell, and Coda Hernandez defend the titles against Technical Difficulties. That's Moses the Deliverer and Raheem De La Suede. Saw Technical Difficulties recently at a Warrior Wrestling show, and now they're coming back to the Chicagoland area to face Pick and Pop. That should be a lot of fun. And then for the Wrestling for a Cure Cruiserweight Championship, Sabotage Sean Logan defends against August Matthews. That's going to be really good. And then we have a featured women's match. Sandra Moon returns to Freelance Underground, and she faces Heather Monroe. Gunner Brave takes on Coco Lane, and in tag team action, Heroes of Our Time, Joey Marks and Mason Conrad face the team of PYT. Also, Multiple Queen takes on Etsy Orlandi. Also Saturday night, February the 11th, Squared Circle Megastars presents Acts of Violence at the Berwyn Eagles Club in Berwyn, 7 o'clock bell time. The matches include SCM heavyweight champion, Elite Warrior, the Cobra, defending against JPH. For the Shooting Star Championship, and this is a ladder match, Human Highlight Isaiah Moore versus the King of Flight, Will Austin. Just by those nicknames, you know they're going to be flying around all over the place. And then for the Mega Championship, we have Alex Romero versus Sean Priest as Priest challenges for that title. And then we have the SCM Tag Team Championships. It's a four-way elimination match. The champions, 1,000 horsepower, defend against the Golden Gods, Twist and Flip, and the Storm Brothers. A three-way dance sees David Ali face Matt Diesel and Blake Banks. One-man Riot Squad, the former all-heel wrestling champion, Gunner Wicks faces Ace Evans, and the beloved Spider Queen, Blair Onyx, faces Lady Tigress. Also Saturday night, February the 11th, you're going to see ARW's Rapid Fire at the American Legion Post 100 in Lake Station, Indiana. They've been on fire lately as well. And Sunday, February the 12th, Golly Lucha Libre, Golly 532, returns to Golly Studios in Villa Park. All right, coming up next, our special guest for this week, we welcome for the very first time, 
Impact Wrestling's Dirty Dango. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Brand new SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Cross Hop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. All right, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Very excited this week to welcome a longtime veteran of the national wrestling scene, over 20 years, in fact. And he recently just joined Impact Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, the man known as Dirty Dango. Hey, bud. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on, Dango. Well, thank you for having me. I hope you don't have too, too much snow out there in Chicago. I know we got like a foot yesterday and the day before, so uh, we'll be doing a little shoveling tonight and tomorrow. So. Oh, geez. You're out in the Northeast, <laughs> I assume. What's that, bud? You're out in the Northeast, I assume. Yes, sir. I'm in Maine. I'm in Maine. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to fall in the fall time, I guess. But yeah, right now, you got to deal with that snow. Not the best time of year to be living in Maine. Nope. <laughs> so you debuted in Impact last October at Bound for Glory when you answered Brian Myers' open challenge for the Impact Digital Media Championship. What were mm-hmm. the reasons that Impact Wrestling was the right choice for you? You know, it's just everything in, in life and in professional wrestling is definitely full circle. I started my career in Impact Wrestling back in 2003 mm-hmm. when they were filming at the uh, Nashville Fairgrounds. So, um, you know, I've always had a working relationship with them over the years. And, you know, um, a lot of my friends uh, wrestle there, obviously, Brian Myers, Cardona, um, Tommy Dreamer, et cetera. So, uh, I, you know, I was a free agent at the time and I got a phone call and, and, and you know, my, uh, Myers and myself are really close. We came up in developmental uh, system together. So uh, Albany is a great crowd. It's always been a great town to perform in. So, I mean, it's kind of a no brainer, you know. And you mentioned some of those guys. Uh, there are quite a few guys in that impact locker room that you've either worked with in the past or were part of the same roster with. So what's it like to see guys like Brian and Big Con and Steve Macklin and Matthew Raywald again? I mean, it's it's a fraternity that, that you know, it's very similar to being in the Army or any, or any uh, service. Uh, you know, you come up I, – I used to room with Heath Slater, and I you know, obviously wrestled Macklin a lot in the past, and Myers, and uh, just guys that I've, I've known since we were in our 20s, early 20s. You know, I used to room with Slater back in – or Miller back in uh, the you know, 2000s, early 2000s. So it's Rhino, et cetera. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's always a family reunion. We always kind of pick up where we left off. And uh, actually, I was watching your match with Steve Macklin the other day, and Matt actually mentioned on commentary that you once broke his nose. So what's the story behind that? Well, I've broken everybody's nose at one point, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) 
no, I, I think I, I don't remember breaking in his nose, but I don't, I don't, uh, I don't doubt it. But, uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for that guy, man. You know, obviously, um, his service to our country and his in-ring ability. He, uh, he's one of the guys on the roster and there, there's a bunch of guys and girls on that roster right now that can really bring it. And, uh, they work a really, really good style. And, uh, when I got to the arena and found out I was wrestling him that night, I was really excited because we've had some good tag matches against each other over the years. And what are your goals at Impact? And are there some people you haven't yet worked with that you'd like to wrestle? You know, I'm a I'm a real big fan of Josh Alexander. Man, some of those, some of the uh, the lightweight guys, the X Division guys, it's just um, I'm a huge fan of their of their work. I just don't know if I can keep up with them. But um, you know, uh, Heath uh, Myers, guys like that. That um, you know, kind of in the past, I was in more of a comedy shtick while wrestling with them so now you know I'm, I'm working a little bit more of a serious style so you know I, I feel like and even with my match with Myers in Albany um, you know it, it felt good to get out there and have 10 to 15 minutes and be able to put on a good wrestling match and not have to do a complete comedy act so I guess you know it doesn't really I don't really have my eyes necessarily set on just one person but I guess just to prove to the management that I'm not just a comedy act when the bell rings I can go and you mentioned Josh Alexander. He's been the guy that's ruling the roost over much of the last year in Impact Wrestling. So mm. if we were to get in a ring with Josh, uh, how do you think uh, that would go for you? I, I think it would go quite well. You know, I've got a lot of respect for him, and he's he's um, he he takes his craft very seriously, which which I um, I appreciate. And um, I think it'd be a really hard hitting match. And um, you know, I, I know I, I kind of come off as a comedy guy in the past, but I can definitely hang. And um, I don't know. I, I, it just be we would have to wait and find out and see um, see how that uh, transpires, you know. But um, definitely got a lot of respect for him. I, win, or, win or lose, it would be a hell of a match no matter what. Now, over the last year or so, uh, you've had a chance to work the indies a little bit for the first time in a long time, including a couple stops up in Wisconsin for GLCW and ACW. So what was that like for you? Jeez, um, I wrestle, you know, indies every weekend now, so I don't really remember exact uh, promotion names. But mm -hmm. I remember, um, I, you know, the first thing I noticed coming back to the indies, uh, you know, the last indie that I worked was in 2006. And it was a uh, Phoenix Championship Wrestling down in um, Alabama somewhere. I was in Deep South Wrestling at the time. Mm -hmm. and, and the first thing I noticed coming back on the indie scene is how, how, uh, athletic these kids are now it's just like some of the stuff they could do is just unbelievable the talent the, the the bar has definitely been raised from when i was on the indies in the early 2000 well, late 90s early 2000s it's been fun you know because i when i left the indies i was kind of the the young guy and now coming back i'm more of the, the senior guy in the locker room and it, it's really cool to have a lot of young younger guys kind of um ask me for advice or um you know, kind of looking up to me a little bit. No, it's just the level of talent out there now is just unbelievable. And and the market's not super saturated on the indies with other wrestling companies popping up over the last couple of years. So um, it's cool. There's a lot of opportunity out there right now for young talent to um, get on TV in different places. And Dirty Dango on the rest of the Impact Wrestling roster is coming to Cicero Stadium in West Suburban Cicero, just outside the Chicago city limits, just minutes from downtown for three huge weekends of shows six shows total in 2023 and april 28th and 29th we have spring slugfest july 28th and 29th at chicago heat and then in october the 21st and the 22nd bound for glory returns to, for the, to chicago for the third time and then also be bound for glory fallout and season pass 
Tickets for all six shows are available now. Go to impactwrestling.com for more information. And the season pass includes exclusive perks only available to season pass buyers. And the perks will be available during the Bound for Glory weekend. So, Dirty Dango, Chicago loves its wrestling from the big boys to the independents, Lucha Libre, pretty much everything. So what is it like to work in front of a Chicago wrestling crowd? You know, I, I don't want to speak too much on the, the you know, this is I'm, I'm all about impact wrestling now. And that's where I'm at now. And I don't want to put over any other companies. But obviously, I think a lot of people know where I've worked before. And some of the best crowds I've worked in front of are in Chicago. And their their audience is fun. They're they're live. They're lit. It, you know, when, when they bring the energy it, it, the boys and the, and the girls in the locker room definitely uh, step their game up. You know, it just when that crowd's really into it, like they always are in Chicago, um, it just makes for a whole better show in, in 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 general. So, always excited to fly into into Chicago and and perform. I've had a lot of a lot of good memories there, and I'm, I'm I'm blessed to be able to go back there and wrestle for Impact Wrestling. So I'm really 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 excited. Chicago, some of my uh, I got some fond memories from Chicago for sure. And Bound for Glory 2023, it'll be the third time, I believe, that Bound for Glory has been in the Chicago area. And I would assume at that point, you'll be there for your second Bound for Glory appearance. You're on the pre-show this year, but hoping maybe you get a little bit of bigger spot on the card. Yeah, I hope so. Um, it's it's pretty far away, so a lot can happen between now and then. But, I, you know, I, I think um, I think over the last few shows that I've been with Impact, um, I think management's kind of um, got a feel for who I am and what I could do in the ring. And uh, I got a hell of a lot of respect for that locker room and just sitting in the back and watching the show from the 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 women's division, all the guys, the X division. It's just impact quality. The the impact wrestling roster is very underrated in my opinion. I'm not just saying that because I just started with them, but there's the, you know there's not a lot of holes in their in their show and their in their products. So I'm very proud to be on the roster. I just signed a one year contract, so I'm very really excited about that. Um, not only because of their product, but because of all my uh, friends in the locker room. So yeah. You mentioned the X division. Is that something you would like to try, guys like uh, Trey Miguel, Speedball, Mike Bailey, and guys like that? You know, I'm sneaky big. When people when pe people meet me, they're like, wow, I can't believe how tall you are. I'm not saying I'm Kevin Nash, but, uh, you know, I'm 6'3", 225. So uh, unless we do like the Disco Inferno gimmick where I'm trying to cut weight to make it into the Cruiserweight division. It's not about weight limits. It's about no limits. <laughs> yeah uh man after i saw trey and some of those guys go i'm like i don't know maybe i'll uh try to find a tag team partner and stick in the tag division because man those guys can go absolutely it's um, it's fun to watch it's absolutely fun to watch and speaking of tag team wrestling i'm gonna rewind just a little bit speaking of chicago guys back in 2007 you had a short run as a tag team with a guy by the name of Robert Anthony and this is a guy that's made his name on the Chicago scene over the past couple of decades so what was it like to team up with Rob yeah they put it uh Jody Hamilton down in um deep south wrestling we had a similar look and build so he kind of put us together yeah we we had a we had a good few matches down there and then they ended up shutting down the uh deep south uh, training facility and move everything down to Tampa. So I don't, I don't think we, and then once we got down to FCW, didn't, they didn't really put us back together, but um, yeah, we were two young kids and um, similar styles. We, we had a few, you know, a few really good tag matches and then right when we started to get in our feet under us, they kind of shut down the whole system. So I got a lot of respect for Robbie. He's a really close friend of mine. And um, 
I'm, you know, I'm really proud of all his success in the business. And he's a really, really good, really good guy. Yeah. He's the current uh, freelance wrestling champion here in Chicago. And he's been, he's been great for a long time. Yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't got a, a bigger run in the business. You know, I, he's done a few, a few things on TV, but he's, he's a really underrated talent. I, um, I really rank him really high. So he's, he's a really good dude. Absolutely. All right. Dirty Dango, before we let you go, once again, that is the impact three huge weekends coming to Chicago area, Cicero stadium in April, July, and October for bound for glory as well. But before we let you go, how about plugging your social media and whatever merchandise you might have? Yeah, it's funny when uh, when I got cut and I got released from the company I was working with before, they they call you up and ask you what you want for a social media handle. And I, would, I do construction back home. So I was actually doing the flooring up here in the unit that I'm in now. And that was the first thing I could think of was Dirty Dango Curdy. Uh, I didn't put a lot of thought into that. So I apologize if that's kind of uh, <laughs> that's kind of confusing. But my Twitter and Instagram handles are both Dirty Dango Curdy. And uh, it's dirty dango curdy at gmail.com too for bookings. And it's just, you know, uh, Dutch Mantel was kind of giving me a hard time for doing the dirty, the dirty thing. But uh, I, you know, I'm a dirty guy. So what, what can I say? <laughs> yeah, so he's the original dirty, dirty Dutch Mantel. Yes, he is. He is. Yes. Now, is there any uh, dirty dango merchandise available? You know, I had some stuff on Pro Wrestling Tees. I have a shop on there. I don't really put a lot of stuff up on there, but um, yeah, if it, you know, if you just want to uh, check out uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, Dirty Dango, it's on there as well. Right, Dirty Dango, thank you so much for joining us, and good luck at Impact Wrestling. Thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate your time. I look forward to Chicago. fun interview with dirty dango and he had some interesting things to say about his career in impact wrestling and where he's going be sure to catch dirty dango and all the stars of impact wrestling when they come to chicago this year for three big weekends worth of shows the chicago season pass is now on sale check that out at impactwrestling.com and you can secure your ticket early for october's bound for glory which will be happening at Cicero Stadium just outside of the Chicago city limits. All right, next week we're going to recap Freelance and Freelance Underground. We're going to preview big shows from AAW, Chicago Style Wrestling, Warrior Wrestling, and Second Wrestling. Plus, we welcome our special guest. You've seen her on NWA and MLW, as well as Freelance, Freelance Underground, and coming soon to Second Wrestling, Kayla Cassidy. That's right, Kayla Cassidy joins us next week right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.